understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up? And welcome back to The Stranded Face Podcast. This is your girl, Jessica Hurley. Um, I apologize for my voice. You guys are going to get my sexy voice today because I I want to say I'm under the weather, but I think I just went too hard this weekend and I lost my voice. So, but if you're listening to this right now and it's Tuesday, first and foremost, happy Tuesday. Second, I need you to know that I'm 30. I am flipping 30 years old. This is the shit I'm 30 episode. Um, And I wish I could tell you that I was freaking out like most of my friends, but I'm not because I know this chapter is going to be one for the books. I feel like everything's finally aligning and I'm actually like super ready for my 30s. And I feel like I've read quite a bit about, um, you know, you know, everyone says 40 is the new 30. And but I really think for women, 30 is our prime. I think we spend our 20s, not all of us, but some of us spend our 20s partying, um, you know, figuring out who we are, who we want to be who we really need to be friends with, where we're headed, what direction we need to go in, what we're passionate about, how that's going to drive us. And then 30 is like, let me live in what I've created. Let me do what I'm actually supposed to do, why I was put on this earth. I'm so excited for 30 because I know that's exactly what it's going to be. But I'm flipping 30. Like, I swear I was just 24. I'm 30, y'all. I'm 30. Woo! But I'm excited about it. Um, And furthermore, not only did I turn 30 on Monday, but this past weekend, I had one of the most amazing weekends I've ever had in my life. Um, My five-year relationship that I've been in uh, with my boyfriend, he planned a beautiful dinner and um, an after party in a pool day the next day, which if you know me personally, I love the beach and I love the pool. And um, on on Saturday night at our dinner, he finally put a ring on it, y'all. Finally. (laughs) So your girl is now engaged to be Mrs. Bruce. I don't know what I'm going to do about my name on the internet or all of my services, but I'm going to be a Bruce. Um, And outside of that, as funny as it sounds, it's so, it's such a big deal because this relationship I've been in has been with somebody that has been my soulmate from the day I've met him. But what I want to harp on for just a second before we get into this episode is that it was never as easy as it looks. It never is. Um, We've been through some shit, y'all. Like... And just that's beyond circumstances. So circumstances like things that have happened to us, you know, whether it be financial situations or it's the stuff that happened with our son, but just personal things 
we both had to grow tremendously as people for this to work. Um, and even this time last year, I'm being really honest with you guys, but there was a time last year when I had already started my podcast that we separated and it was so necessary because when we came back together and I know God brought us back together because I met a guy during one of my trainings at work that happened to be a pastor for married couples. And when I had a conversation with him, I just, he came off as somebody that I knew Chris would like. So, um, even though we were separated, I introduced them and within a couple of weeks, Chris invited me, um, to meet with them and we spent five hours together and this guy broke us down, like broke us down to the base of what we were hiding behind and just explained to us how, well, not even explained to us. He kind of asked us the right questions to pull it out of us, but explained to us how, um, we, our love had become conditional and love is supposed to be naked and unashamed and unconditional despite what's going on. And he just explained to us how, you know, our love had become over time. I'll only love you if you do this. And I'll only love you if you do that. And once we were able to break that, I mean, we were both crying at the end of it. Sorry, if there's anybody that knows Chris, they're going to call him a sucker after this. But (laughs) we were elated to finally, it was like we both broke through our skin to have that moment. So it's been a year since then, over a year. And we have had literally little to no issues um, and been more in love than we've ever been in the five years that we've been together. And so our bond is unbreakable now. I feel like had we gotten married any time before this, we would have dealt with those same issues, but been a married couple. And I don't know if that would have made it better or worse, but going into this now, Um, I feel better than ever because I feel like we have really resolved everything at its core and we operate and live in a relationship where we both are in our truest form. So it's such a blessing. I'm so excited and I can't wait to marry my soulmate. I really can't. Um, So yay. Okay. So I want to jump right in because 30 serious. And so I have today 21 decisions I made before 30 that changed, literally changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I know I always do these like numbered things, but I'm tangible and I like for people to have like applicable things. So I jotted down 21 things that I felt like were decisions I had to make in this last year before 30 that will now change my thirties forever. And so I'm going to share them with you guys. So number one was I had to say, hell yes to my family and hell no to my career. And I'm tr- I'm going to try not to get too deep about this, but joining this journey, for those of you that don't know, I just quit my job um, a week ago. And for those of you that have been um, loyal to the podcast for a while, I have always said that I loved my career and I really truly did. And Chris and I spent the first couple of years of our relationship where he was trying to help me understand him, his journey, entrepreneurship, the powerful mind, um, and kind of what that looks like. And I couldn't understand it because I was so in love with my career. I was a person. He was a person. We were operating together at times, but most of the time we were operating separately. And 
every day I was waking up and going to do something that had nothing to do with him or us. And I know a lot of people would say, why would you change for your relationship? I didn't. I ended up changing on my own. He tried to change me for years and it ended up happening naturally. And now that I understand where my fiance is coming from, I, it makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense to me. And it has made our bond that much stronger that I finally got to make this decision to be an entrepreneur, to own my own business on my own. And now we understand each other on a deeper level. And now our family and our bond is going to be forever different because we're going to move differently. We're going to operate differently. Like the only reason my entire family was on a schedule was because of me, because I was the only person that had to show up to work every day. So now that I get to be at home, we get to travel when we do things. We can both work from our laptops. Um, I feel like I kind of made a decision saying yes to my family and not my, no longer my career. And it was getting to a point where they were starting to be unbalanced anyway. I really felt like my career wasn't serving me anymore. But what I ultimately did was made a decision for my family that was to spend more time with them, to build a business that was going to give me more freedom to be with them, to travel with them, and to really just build my whole life around my family instead of having a career that I have to build, you know, build that around, build spending time with my family around my career. And so making this switch has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Number two, um, I have learned to always decide to run towards fear and to do shit that is scary to me, to, to continue to stretch myself. If it scares me, if it makes me nervous, if it gives me bubble guts, I have to do it. I have to, because I know it's part of the stretch. Lying in your comfort um, will ever, forever keep you complacent. And so if you don't do some shit that scares you, you will never be stretched. You will never grow. So I'll give you guys a super honest example. Like public public speaking does not scare me. Maybe gives maybe maybe a little bit nervous sometimes depending on the audience, but doesn't really scare me anymore. But there are a lot of things that do. Um if you know me personally, I actually hate flying. I know it's kind of weird. I fly for work all the time. Um I fly personally all the time with Chris, but for some reason it never gets less terrifying for me, but I will not let that stop my journey. I will not let that stop me from exploring the world. I will not. I I refuse to let let that stop me from living my life. And it's almost like every time I make that decision to go somewhere, I know that it is pinnacle to growing. I have to. And everything from creating sales videos to, you know, emailing my list and talking to them about Selling, selling has been something I have been scared to death of. Throwing a women's event was something I was scared to death of because I was like, it's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. No one's going to believe me. No one's going to think, everyone's going to look and say, who do you think you are? But I did it and it worked because it doesn't matter what I'm scared of. It matters what I'm able to put in it, what I'm passionate about and where it personally comes from. Do what you're scared of. That's the only way you're going to be able to stretch. Number three, I started going after the things I wanted unapologetically. Like, I think naturally, and I'm going to end up mentioning this several times, but I think naturally, and maybe this is just me, 
that as women, we're, we're kind of taught to be humble. We're kind of taught to just take what we can get, receive it and be thankful um, and not be boastful or go after wild things because it's like, who do we think we are? Or maybe we're more concerned about what other women will think. But I started going after what I wanted unapologetically. Like I have women reach out all the time and say, how do you, how do you secure all these speaking engagements? And how do you get all these opportunities? Um, everybody doesn't come knocking at my door, guys. I go seek them. My TEDx, I looked for it online and I, well, someone sent, sent the opportunity to me, but I had to apply. I had to apply like everyone else. I, on a quarterly basis now, I search for speaking engagements that I think align with my brand and that I would like to be a part of. And I apply and you better believe I get turned down by most of them. But you got to put yourself out there. You have to go to someone and say, hey, I've been really excited to share my message. I think it's a great message. Is this something that aligns with your brand? Would you be willing to let me join you? Like, put yourself out there. That's the only way to start. Go after what you want apologetically. Like, I'm done saying sorry. And I mean, naturally, I say it all the time, but I'm done saying sorry for going after what I want. That's we literally have one life. I'm not doing this anymore, and I hope you don't do it anymore either. Number four, I said yes to doing a woman's event, and oh my God, I'm so glad I did. You guys, I was so scared. I was so embarrassed. I thought I was going to put this thing up, and nobody was going to buy a ticket and be like, who do you think you are, and what value do you think you bring to me? And I was so, so naive and wrong. Um, All three of the events I've done since October with my business partner have sold out Um, And we keep getting better and better and better. And so that's that whole taking the first step, like just having the tenacity to take the first step and then just building on that. You got to start somewhere. It's as simple as riding a bike. Like you have to start somewhere. Our first event compared to our last event was a joke. I mean, we sold out, but it was a joke. You know, I look back at it and I'm like, wow, we could have done so many things differently. But that's the point. You don't come out the gate perfect. Nobody does. So you've got to take that first step, learn, fail, and then get better and better and better. Our third event was off the charts. People were crying. We had raving fans afterwards. I've had people still reaching out. I've gotten clients from our events. Like, do it. Just do it. If it's something that you want to do and it's something that just itches at your soul, that's a calling. What you're letting happen is fear and doubt get in the way. Remove the fear, remove the doubt, and do it scared anyway. Because a lot of times there's not a way to remove fear. You can do all the positive affirmations and whatever you want in the world. Sometimes you can't remove the fear. However, you can do it scared anyway. You'll be surprised what happens on the other side. Number five, I was willing to meet new people and stretch myself. I have a very... um, common way of doing things where I do struggle with change, especially when it comes to friends. And so, um, it's funny. My best friend always says this, that I used to go out places and when I would meet other women, I would come off as very closed and offensive, um, and protective and not even just my boyfriend, but myself. I just, it wasn't even shy. I just, I went through a personal thing where I didn't trust women. I thought they were, um, always after something or after a friendship 
you know, I had, I had girls steal from me. I had girls gang up on me. Um, so I was very protective of who I let in my circle. And now I've realized that's an insecurity. I can't project those insecurities on everyone. Um, I can let people in and go from there. They'll show their true colors. We all know that. So stretching myself and meeting new people has been one of the best decisions I've made. I almost commit to it now. So when I'm at an event, I'm like, okay, let me meet five new people today and exchange information because you never know where your next opportunity is. You never know um, what's behind the next door. And the person that, and, and, and we all know it's always from someone that we least expected, right? It's someone that we've been sitting next to at church for, you know, 15 years, or it's someone that um, is a sister of our best friend that we barely talk to because she's not our, our direct friend. Like you literally never know where your next opportunity lies. Stretch yourself and, and just be willing to meet and befriend and have open conversations with people, just random people. Number six, I said yes to my health. Um, I spent two years after Cameron making excuses as to why I couldn't work out. And I've been working out for the last three weeks and I feel more amazing than I ever have. Every time I do it and I commit to it, I, I always have to say to myself, like, why, why do you run from this? Because it makes you feel amazing. Like, I know this is corny, but health is wealth, guys. Like, you know it. And if you ever plan on becoming an entrepreneur, if you ever plan on working for yourself, you have to control your mind. And controlling your mind starts with controlling your body. You have to focus on your health. Number seven, I said yes to learning from others constantly. Your brain is the most powerful thing you have. And so if you don't continue to grow it, that's exactly where it will stop. So even when you think you know everything, you don't. And you have to continue going to conferences and reading books. I promise the knowledge you need is hidden in some of the wealthiest and healthiest people that you've been avoiding all your life. Like, what I'll tell you is this. The information you need is not in the people you gossip with every day. They're with the people that you typically would ignore. So go learn. Go pay for conferences. When you see something that says what everyone's going to learn and you're like, wow, I would like to learn that, but I don't want to pay this money. It's an investment in yourself and it's so important. Do it. Commit to reading like two books this year, something, but the knowledge you need is not with the people you gossip with every day. Number eight, I was willing to push myself to put myself out there instead of waiting on new opportunities. And it's like, it's like I said earlier, calling people and selling myself to people selling my services or my products, like selling my products was, and my services was probably one of the hardest transitions I had to make because (laughs) having conversations with clients, you know, eight months ago and having to tell them my prices was a struggle bus because I just didn't know my self-worth. I'd put all of my energy and all of my value into my clients and still be scared to ask for X amount of dollars. Like, you have to know your worth and you have to be willing to seek those opportunities and you got to do it scared because you have to, it's like practice makes perfect for real. Number nine, I said yes to being my biggest fan. Like I got to go back to this humble thing, but, and I don't know about you guys, but the way that I grew up, I just feel like I could not be, and I'm not blaming my parents. I'm not blaming anyone, but I felt like I could never you just couldn't hoorah for yourself. 
Like it was considered selfish and you have to be your biggest fan on this journey. You have to be. Like I'll never forget one of the, one of the podcasts I did with uh, Ingrid Harb. She said, when I put my first event together, I told everybody. She said, if I was in the nail shop, I told the lady sitting next to me. If I was in the grocery store, I, saw, I told someone in the line with me. And I said, wow, I don't think I would ever have the balls to do that. And she said, I told everyone because I knew if they showed up, I was going to give value and they were going to love the event. And she's so right. You have to be your biggest fan. You've got to believe in your products and your services, what you're selling and what you're offering and what you're doing more than anyone else on this earth. And know that if someone does choose to work with you, if they do choose to buy your products, if they do choose to go to your event, that what you're going to offer is worth so much more than what you're asking them to pay or the time that you're asking them to invest you're worth so much more. What you offer is worth so much more that you're going to bring the value. You have to believe that. You have to be your biggest fan. Number 10, I said yes to new friends. Like I said earlier, this was a struggle for me. Um, but I was I really worked hard this year on being open to making new friends, especially in the internet marketing space. People that I interviewed on my podcast, I have met and befriended some of the most amazing individuals, entrepreneurs, and people that we can exchange value, people that can help me on my journey and I can help them. Um, And it's understanding that there's seasons in our life. It's not that I got rid of my old friends. It's that um, I have new people to join me on this journey that understand me. And I don't care what you say, late 20s, early 30s, there is nothing like having people that understand you in the places that you're in. For example, I have a lot of friends that are moms now because I am a mom. I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs now because I am an entrepreneur. Like you want people that are in your season so you can share it with you. Those are called your peers. You need your peers. You need people that you can talk to that are like, girl, I feel you. I'm going through the same exact thing. So saying yes to new friends that are where you are is only going to help you on your journey. Number 11, I said yes to sacrificing, sacrificing so many things. There were so many times that, um, you know, Chris wanted to go somewhere and I wanted to go too, and I couldn't. And it was so hard. It was like being on, it was like being in school again, because I had to understand we are in two different places in our careers. Chris has been an entrepreneur for 10 years. He knows what he's doing. He's built systems and things that work to where he does have the free time that he deserves. And I don't. I'm still in the building phases. And that that doesn't give me permission to hold him back. But I also can't do everything. So I had to let him do what he wanted to do. And I had to stay my ass home and work and grind. Because it doesn't work like that. I got to put the grind in. Speaking of the grind, number 13, I said yes to discipline. I was committed to a new type of discipline. Um, That was why I did this for a year because it wasn't about convincing people outside of my circle or convincing my um, boyfriend that I could do this. It was about convincing me that I could do this because if you can't People want to quit their job so damn bad. Like, but if you can't do this on the side and wake up early mornings and late nights to do this 
around your full-time job? What makes you think you're going to do this full-time? If you don't have that type of commitment for five to 10 hours a week, you will not be able to commit to this full-time. So I committed to discipline. I like once you get into the fact that you don't have a committed paycheck, when it really comes down to not getting that guaranteed paycheck, not abiding by anyone's rules, not taking directions from someone else, it requires a special type of discipline. And it's it's all fun and games until it's time to make money. So if you can't figure out how to make money on the side around your full-time job doing this, you're not going to be able to do it full-time. You have to have discipline. And so I put myself through a year of figuring out what this was going to feel like, you know, waking up at 5 a.m., going to sleep at 2 a.m., And I practiced, I practiced so that I was able to take this from a hobby to a full-time job. And it's probably, this is probably the most important one of all that I'm giving you, but my decision to own and discipline myself through this journey has been everything. You really have to commit to being self-disciplined. Number 14, I said yes to investing in myself. It costs money to build a business. And it's even more likely that if you're starting out and you're new to this, you're going to invest with little return right away because you have to grow and learn. I put a lot of money into this before things actually started to turn and I knew it. So keep, again, back to quitting your job. Your job is the dream funder. If you have a true purpose and a true dream and you know where you're going and that's what you want, Use that money to invest in what you're building. I had the money to invest because I kept going to work. And I was able to finally find a way to build a business that paid off. Number 15, along this journey, I committed to happiness every day. One of the most valuable things I learned over this last year is that happiness doesn't come with people. It doesn't come with things. It doesn't come with material things. It doesn't come with where you are in your life. It's a decision you make every day. And I think our peak happiness comes when we are on a journey of living in our full potential. I think the process of living in our full potential is true happiness. Because when you see yourself moving in your purpose, whether you have actually achieved the goal or not, I feel like that's true happiness. Choosing happiness every day and knowing that it is my decision that when you stop thinking, taking things personal in life and it's my decision every day that I get to be happy and no one else's, you have so much control and power over how you feel every day. And that's probably one of the most powerful personal mindset things I've been able to achieve is that no one controls my day, but me. So choosing that every day, despite your circumstances, and this is not me saying be positive every day, blah, 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 blah. But you can choose to operate in happiness anyway, or you can choose to try your best anyway. Number 16, positive affirmations and believing in the power of the tongue, which is basically what I just explained understanding that my words matter. What you put into this world is exactly what you get out. And if you don't get in front of it, if you don't get in front of your subconscious mind, your subconscious negativity will rule your brain and your life. And the way to beat that is creating 
habits, like positive affirmations that you say every day, that you understand that you start to believe and then decide and your steps will synchronize. Synchronize your steps by first speaking into the world what you want every day. I don't care if you have three or five positive affirmations or you can steal the ones off my Instagram that I shared with Jen Coronado on my one of my recent episodes. She gave away some of um, a template of positive affirmations that were amazing. You can go find them on my Instagram feed. But if you don't create some positive affirmations, you will not be able to trick your brain and Literally 90% of our subconscious mind is negative because of the news and the media and what we read every day. You have to get in front of that. Create some positive affirmations ASAP. It's one of the best things I ever did. Number 17, I learned to say no to things that didn't serve me. Oh my God. And the people pleaser in me, this was a struggle bus saying no to weddings and happy hours and birthdays and even work events saying no to work events. Like when I was asked to travel or go places and saying no and nothing bad happened. Like I spent four years saying yes to everything, being the yes person so that people would think that I was a hard worker. And I started saying no and nothing changed. You are the power behind your decisions. And we think that if we don't do something for someone else or if, if we don't say yes to this opportunity or if we don't go to this birthday party, our friends are going to hate us and I'll never be able to get what I need from them. Oh my God, no. Say no to things that don't serve you. When I realized that this was my mission and that becoming an entrepreneur was a decision I wanted to make for the rest of my life, everything had to stop. I had to grind. I had to make the right decisions. I had to be around the right people. And that required me to say no to some of the things that didn't serve me so that a few years from now, I'll be able to do everything that I want to do because I spent a few years building the life around what I wanted. Number 18, I said, this is so funny because this is kind of opposed to what I just said, but I did a lot of free stuff. Or things at low cost in the beginning. So I offered consulting services for little to no cost. I spoke at at events for free because I needed to work on perfecting my craft. And that took practice. You have to practice. You cannot throw yourself out there, put up a website, put how much you charge, and people come running. You have got to put yourself out there as the expert. You've got to go out there and put your knowledge out in the world. You have to share your story. And it's going to have to be at little to no cost, if not free in the beginning. That's the only way people are going to find you, hear about you, know what you have to offer. And you need to perfect your craft. Copying someone else is not going to work because it's not authentically you. You've got to put yourself out there and learn how you like to serve other people and build a business around that. And sometimes that may be through practice, practicing for free or at little to no cost. Number 19, this, this one's important. I prevailed when people thought I was crazy or unrealistic. When I got really excited about this, Chris told me something that I had to hold so close to my heart. He said, don't expect anyone to be as excited as you on this journey. It's not going to happen. You know, and he even reminded me how when he was going through some things, I wasn't as excited years ago and he was right. But I, when you do something like this, when you finally get to live in your purpose, you will be in awe about 
how you wake up every day excited, passionate, ready to take on the world because you're doing something that makes you feel like you walk in your purpose. And then when you tell other people and they don't get excited, sometimes it hurts because you're like, wait, did you hear me? I'm speaking at a TEDx event. Like this is huge. I'm speaking at this girl's event next week where there will be 300 people. You know, I, I had X amount of podcast downloads the other day. So that means this many people are listening to my podcast. Someone reached out and said that I changed their life yesterday by the episode that I put out there. And they don't react because it's not them. And you cannot be upset or hold it personal to, to the fact that people don't feel the same way you do about the things that you do. And it's unfortunate and it's a sad reality. And I know some of you are going to say, well, that's a hater. That's a hater. I agree. However, I still have friends that still don't understand this journey I'm on. And that's okay. They're at a different place in their life. And that's not up to me to be concerned about. Friends support friends no matter what time or phase or season they are in their life. Stop holding it against your friends. It should motivate you when people aren't excited for you. Okay, you're not, you know, and and don't even worry about having the conversation. Okay, you're not excited for me. Clearly, this seems unrealistic to you. And again, it's probably coming from an insecure place. And I'm not saying all your friends are insecure. Maybe some of them just really don't get it. They don't get it. But a lot of people, a lot of people close to you are going to think this journey is unrealistic. They're going to be like, oh, you want to You want to serve women. You want to do women's empowerment events. You think that doing this is going to help you quit your job. You think that sharing your story is important. I think you're being a little too personal. I don't think you should put yourself out there like that. Everyone's going to have something to say. But guess what? If you did nothing, you continued to work your job, you didn't share your story, and you continue to be yourself, other people are still going to have stuff to say. So join the club. People are always going to have stuff to say. People are not going to be excited for you. People are going to believe you're realistic or unrealistic. Do it anyway, because that is doubt and fear getting in your way. And that's what's going to hold you back from some of your greatest accomplishments. Number 20, I overcame when I had friends. This is very similar, but I overcame when I had friends, close friends, who acted like this was nothing. And I'm bringing this up separately because in several of my women's events, I've had women who often either reach out or tell me or have said at my events that they don't understand how their closest friends won't support them on this journey. That when they sell products, you know, they've got raving fans or when they sell services or when they do, you know, a YouTube video or a podcast, you know, their closest friends of 15, 20 years don't say anything. When they share their deepest secrets, their closest friends, you know, don't say anything when they're vulnerable. Their friends don't say anything. Best piece of advice I ever got is your friends won't make you rich. They won't make you wealthy. They won't make you rich. Um, They won't validate what you're doing. And if you're seeking that, it won't happen. And if they're being supportive now, I'm excited for you, but I want you to know it's coming. Because your supporters, your biggest supporters and your fans and the people that are going to support you on this journey, yeah, your family will support you. I'm sure you do have a closest friend that supports you, but they're not on this journey with you. And your supporters are going to be one of three people. They're going to be people who want to be like you, 
people who feel like they're exactly like you or people that feel like they can relate to you on some type of personal level. That may not be your best friend. Your best friend may be projecting her insecurities on you and may not want to support you because she either one thinks you're being real unrealistic or believes that she could never be there. Therefore, it's a lot easier to portray to project that on you and kind of bring you down a notch to make her feel better because she personally believes she may never be there. And I know I'm getting deep, but every woman I've talked to says that they have some best friend or close friend that does not support them. Stop waiting on it. It's only holding you back. It is, it honestly doesn't matter because the people that are going to support you, buy your services, buy your products and come to your events are not your besties. Those are not the ones you need to support you. You guys can support one another from afar and move on. Don't take that personally. It is, it's coming from a, a different type of place that has nothing to do with you. 21, last but not least, I decided to understand exactly what I want and own it. And I want you to dig really deep when you do this. Whether you do an exercise about, you know, laying on your deathbed, what would be the the five things that held you back from greatness or closing your eyes for 10 minutes every morning and really visualizing where you want to see yourself and then writing it down every day. But figuring out what you want and owning it, again, I feel like as women, we've got this thing where we're like, we do what other people want us to do to make them happy. Or we are living a life that someone else has given us, whether it be our parents or our aunt or someone on social media has inspired us to do something that's not even something that we want to do. We just think it will make us money or will make us happy, like being in a relationship, like how we see all these relationship goals. No, do what makes you happy. And this year I had to finally own, it took me like eight months of this journey to finally own that one of the places I feel like I've got the most powerful impact is from the stage. But I was so scared to say it because I felt like the market is saturated with women that want to be public speakers and think they're powerful and engaging and can change lives from the stage. And my, what was preventing me from owning that was I always felt like, how would I differentiate myself from all the women, powerful, amazing, beautiful, inspiring women in this market? How would I be any different? Why would people listen to me? But at the end of the day, when I close my eyes, I visualize myself on stage. When I speak at my own events, things come out of my mouth that I don't even plan for. It's like someone else is speaking through me. That platform is where I'm the most impactful. That's where I see myself. So I had to own it. I had to start saying it. I had to start trying to speak it into existence. I had to start writing it in my journal that I want to do public speaking engagements and I want to be paid to do it. But it's owning what we really want, not being shy about it. Because not only do we get shy about it to others, but we get shy about it to ourselves. We get afraid to own big, scary things. Dream big, have big goals, put that shit out into the atmosphere and own it. Like, I want to speak publicly from the stage and impact lives from a stage in front of a a large audience. And it took me a while to own that. Don't be afraid to own what you want and what you truly want. Tied to the feelings, tied to where you want to go, close your eyes and visualize it and then own that shit. Own it. 
those are my 21 things. I hope you guys had fun with me. Happy birthday to me. It's 30. I'm 30. Let's get it. Like I'm ready for my 30s because I know this is going to be one of the the best chapters of my life. And the most exciting part about all of it is through grit, perseverance, and moving in fear anyway, I created it on my own. And I want you to create your path on your own. I don't want you to stay complacent. I don't want you to hold still because of security reasons or financial reasons. And this is not me saying quit your job. But if you have a message, if you have a mission, if you feel like you have a bigger purpose, if there's this thing out there that makes you smile constantly or that's itching at your soul, put yourself out there. Take the first step. Just take the first step. That's it. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for listening. You know I love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.